Tell me what we're doing. We're uh, we're driving on Route Nine. We've, we're we're on a road trip to see Whitney Cummings. So I'm here with Clifton Cremo. Are we actually recording now? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Intoxicated Podcast, a weekly comedy talk show that dives into the personal lives of comedians, experts, and creators. I'm your host, Sarah McClellan, a very amateur stand-up comedian and self-proclaimed sad girl. It's the comedy podcast with a lot of heart. Feel hard and talk hard. This is the Intoxicated Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Intoxicated Podcast. I am your host, Sarah McClellan. I am all alone for this intro, but that's okay because it's going to be a quick one. This is a very special episode of the podcast. This is a on-the-road episode. Last weekend, myself and comedian Clifton Cremo embarked on a road trip to Portland, Maine in the States to see Whitney Cummings and John Mulaney. And it was quite the trip, so we figured we would dodge document it. Um, This episode obviously is going to sound different from any other episode because we are in a car. So the audio is not perfect, but it is listenable and that's what matters. First half of the episode is the trip up and the second half of the episode is the trip back. We do actually play some voicemails in this episode as well. So that's very exciting. Um, And in the second half on the way back, we talk about the whole experience of both shows, meeting Whitney Cummings. So that happened. I'm sure you know already if you follow me on social media. We talk about it all. It's great. And another heads up on the way back, second half of the podcast, it is raining. So you're going to hear rain. So apologies for that. I did my best with the editing. So yeah, just a heads up about that. Reminder to make sure you're subscribed to the podcast if you're digging it. I always super appreciate an Apple podcast rating or review. Give Intoxicated Podcast a follow on Instagram. Check out the YouTube channel as well. Obviously, this week will be audio only, but please check out the YouTube channel and subscribe over there as well. Remember, you can send in your voicemails or the intoxicated anonymous form. Links are in the description of this podcast for those. Of course, be sure to follow Mr. Clifton Cremo on Instagram at Clifton Cremo and my personal Instagram is at Sarah M-A-C-L. And that's about it, you guys. I'm going to just get right to it. Please enjoy this very special on the road episode with Clifton Cremo. Welcome back to the Intoxicated Podcast. 
I'm your host, Sarah, and I'm here with a special guest on the road. I am here with Clifton Cremo. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Uh, he's driving, and he has my life in his hands. One hand. I've got one hand on the steering wheel. And the other is on I'm not his gonna leg. Oh. <laughs> she spoiled it. She spoiled it. <laughs> I wasn't going to tell you where it was. <laughs> going to have the listeners guess. <laughs> um, we are on the road to Portland, Maine to see Whitney Cummings, um, who is like my idol. But I want to know what inspired you. So Clifton is the one who um, just randomly bought tickets. And I wouldn't say... You're not a huge Whitney fan, though, right? Like, not you not like as, her. I appreciate her. Yeah, I don't, I don't dislike Whitney or anything like that. I, I have very limited experience uh, watching her work, I guess. It's like... I know her from roasts, yeah. Um, Comedy Central roasts. I've seen I've seen her work there. Uh, I follow her on Instagram, but that's, that's about it. I I don't go out of my way to watch very many comedy specials. Ooh, but, you know. Well, well, that's the cool thing about this show. So she's actually prepping for her special. So what we're gonna see is probably gonna be some of her next uh, special, which is pretty cool. Yeah, we get the inside look. And so, but what inspired you? Like, I mean, obviously, you, you know that I love her. And so Clifton messaged me and just said, road trip? And you sent me the tour dates. And I was like, oh, I'd love to, but I don't know. And then and then you just bought them. So, like, what, what, what what's your thought process? Just dive and do it? Life's too short? Yeah, basically. I mean, I go on, I go on plenty of road trips, uh, plenty to go see many artists that I like artists that my friends like or, yeah. or, or whatever I, I just really do it uh, all the time and like if you know I bought the I bought the tickets right when the pre-sale started because they announced the pre-sale and I was just and you got a like was it an email or something I think I just saw it on Instagram oh okay and like I said I follow, follow okay. on Instagram so you were ahead of it before even I was but I hadn't even had it in my mind that I would ever go to see Whitney unless she came to Canada. Yeah. And, like, Maine is still essentially Canada, basically. I mean, we're driving through the middle of the woods right now. I think... It I is actually, like, so... We just crossed the border, um, and it's very, like... Yeah, it's a lot of trees and hills, and Mount Katahdin is actually not too far from where we are, um, which I think is pretty fucking cool. I mean, it's kind of far. It just doesn't look that far on a map. Maine's very big. That is very true. I have no concept of these types of things because I really don't travel that much. So this is like a fairly new experience for me. I do think there was one time when I was a kid that we drove to New York. Okay. And so that would have been a similar journey, I guess. Um, I think we did over two days now. Not in one. Not in one go. The last time I had a really long road trip car trip was driving to Windsor, Ontario. When was that? That would have been in like 20... 2011, 2012 with my ex. We drove um, to his dad's place in Windsor for his wedding. His dad's wedding. So, but we, like we had someone else driving us and we were in a truck. So it was like very cramped seating. And it was so uncomfortable the whole time. Right like, now, like, it's like, like a pickup truck with just like those half seats in the yeah, back. Yeah, you 
It was me, him, and then two other people in the front. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'll never forget that because it was just so, like, like, you and I have been talking and we've been listening to stuff, so it's been, I haven't felt tired yet. But I find once it gets dark, Mm -hmm. that's when I, I get drowsy driving for a long time. Oh, I, I love driving in the dark. I mean, obviously it has its dangers or whatever, but there are less people on the road. And I That's think, true. like, the odds of you getting into an accident, you know, they're way higher with another person than they are with an animal or with just falling asleep or, or whatever it is. So, mm-hmm. like, the less other drivers on the road, the safer it is in my head. So, I mean, that makes total sense. And, and especially, like, when you're going to the States, if you're going through, like, bigger cities like Boston or New York that have lots and lots of traffic, there isn't going to be traffic late at night. Right. Uh, so I try to plan my trips accordingly. Like, oh, I, like I was very, I was very surprised when you hitched 10 a.m. as a departure. Well, time. okay. So here's my thing. So like when I Google mapped it, it said nine hour drive. So in my mind, I'm thinking 10, we stop for lunch or dinner or like, you know, consider maybe. Or, or to go visit our good friends. And, you know, oh, yes. Yes, we'll get to that later in a second. But like I I um I was like I'm assuming that you would want to get there as quick as possible, but I also like this approach where it's like let's just take our time and uh you well, know, chill. We have all day. Like we have all day. We leaving we've, early. Uh, the only thing I really want to do other than maybe see some of Portland is to go into an Alta. That's that's my one of my main requests. Go to what? Uh, an Alta Beauty. It's like a, the drugstore oh, there. Okay. Because like they have makeup that they don't have in Canada. So I do plan on spending some dollars on. Uh, I know products so many in Canada. I know so many things about like I travel this so so often. I I drive to Boston to New York to all these places so frequently. Yeah. I know so many things about the state of Maine. All these different places never heard of Alta Beauty in my life because... Well, you're a man. That's yeah, why. Exactly. Alta is like, it's essentially like a Sephora because they have... I but have it, heard of that. But it's actually like a Sephora meets Shoppers Drug Mart. So they have drugstore brand plus high end. They have everything. It's a whole beauty store. So, yeah, that's my only request of you is drop me off there for... And, I, and I'll be efficient because I actually have a list of what I want and I'm not... I won't... I won't even browse that much, you know? You're not going to get them to do, like, samples on your face? I don't know. Um, no. No, I don't do that. I just do my research, and I know what I'll like and what I probably won't. Um, one thing, yeah, so we um, left around, like, 11? Yeah, 11-ish. And um, we stopped in to see Brian Otter and Evan Steves in Moncton. Moncton, right? Yes, in Moncton. Yeah, like, two of my favorite people. Maybe, maybe, maybe like two of, you know, maybe four reasons to go to Moncton. Absolutely. I would 100% go back. I think Lynn is there too. Isn't she? Yeah, she's, she's three. I mean, I would, I would totally go to Moncton for a weekend. Um, just for the, all those people mentioned. Lynn Woods, Evan Steves, Brian Otter. All former guests. All former guests. The podcast. Much love. We went up into their weird studio attic. Oh, this is a this is a steep downhill, tipsy, turvy turn here. Um, yeah, and uh, you had a photo shoot. How did you feel about your photo shoot? Makes you a photo shoot. Um, I, I I 
Definitely balding. <laughs> oh my it's god, not, stop. The, the photos are gorgeous and awesome. I, I, they, they are gorgeous because Brian takes such gorgeous photos. But, um, yeah, we need we need some... If, if there are any listeners in New Brunswick that can do, like, maybe a hair transplant, you'll be the fourth reason to go to New Brunswick. Oh my gosh. You look fine. You look great. Stop that. <laughs> and you're young still, so... That's the worst part. See, I, th- I feel like guys feel um, about their hairlines like we feel about our skin, I think. You know, because I was telling you earlier about, like, the intense skincare that I do. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I have a lot of problem skin, and I do have wrinkles, and I'm, like, 35, so I'm just like, I want to be young. Give me the strongest thing you have. And this this cream that I got, like, this, it's like a gel cream. Um, it's, like, prescription-grade... Needed a prescription from a doctor. Like, you, you, they tell you not to go out in sunlight. So, so they're essentially just like, we're going to peel your skin off. And then you also shouldn't go outside, you hideous beast. <laughs> um, which is great. Well, they got to keep you in check because there, there's some inherent, like, hopefulness in what you're doing. You're like, I'm going to make my skin better. I'm going to do something about it. Yeah. Whereas... Like, the reason it's different from a hairline is, like, we just kind of lament and uh, grieve the loss of our hairline. Mm, that's true. Well, this is what I'll say really about that, though. To fix it. Guys shouldn't be scared to go bald because it sometimes looks better. Sometimes. I mean, there are definitely some people who do look better bald. I don't think I'm one of them. Mm. Well, you don't know yet. I, I, I've shaved my head before. Have you? Yeah, like a long time ago. And oh. while it didn't look bad, I've only gotten older and fatter since, so I, I expect my head is a bit more lumpy. And, uh, and I guess it's something you can't really take back if you want to see what it looks like. Yeah. Uh, like, like, shaving your head when you're young and you have hair, you know, it'll grow back. But then if I do it now, it's probably not going to. Right. Well, um, we can't stop aging, so we might as well accept it. Um, that's what I'm doing anyway. I've, I've radically accepted how old I feel now. Like, like being excited to go to bed is something that I, I'm excited to go to bed now. That never used to be the case for me. But when, when did that stop? When, when, when did you stop? I think I started feeling, I honestly feel like, so 2020, when I was 33, um, I felt great. But I think it was because I wasn't working. I was sleeping so much. You weren't excited to go to bed in 2020 at 33. I've been excited to go to bed since I was like 15. I'm, I lean on the hyperactive side at night. So it's hard for me to get to bed. But once I'm in bed, I'm tired and sleepy. I love sleeping. Once I'm asleep, I love sleeping. I don't want to get out. But it's the going to bed that's my challenge. Because I get bursts of energy late at night. Um, and in summer 2020, when I wasn't working and I was home alone, not seeing anyone, um, I was essentially nocturnal. So I was sleeping until two or three and staying up until like five or six every night, which was crazy. And it took a long time for me to get used to like a semi-regular schedule again. It's, I feel like I'm still adjusting to it. So I'm still very much so naturally still wide awake at like one. Or two. I think my natural schedule is like two sleeps a day with with like a nap 
but it's like it's never a short nap like people who are like oh I'm just gonna doze off for 20 minutes half an hour like no no I, I need to I need to knock myself out for like four hours oh yeah me too and, and it, it breaks up my like I basically get a full eight hours of sleep but in two four hour chunks yeah um have you heard of biphasic sleep yeah which is like the you sleep for men and women right <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you sleep for like three or four hours and then you get up at like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. and you you go about your life a bit and then you go back to bed. It's like the idea of like breaking up your sleep essentially into two halves, which is interesting. Which is, I guess, what they used to do back in the olden times. Yeah, yeah. You got to get up and uh, feed the chickens and <gasps> More windmills! They're not windmills. What are they called? Giant fans. Giant fans. They got they got the Amherst giant fans over here in in uh, in Maine. And uh, I can't do it. I'm really bad at doing an Albert Coombs. Yeah, so we're, we're actually here. coming up on a like. This is almost Amherst, Maine. This is this is the. Uh, like the place is actually going to be called Amherst pretty soon. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Oh, crazy. <laughs> That's really weird. Um, so we're going to just, we're going to podcast through this trip, which is going to be fun. We'll podcast a bit now and then probably on the way back to talk about the show. Um, I don't know. Actually, maybe we should talk about what we think our plan is for this show because obviously we're going to go and watch it and have fun. Well, I mean, that's, but, that's all the planning you really should do. Okay. Everything else is going to lead to disappointment. Okay. Or, so no expectations. But if we do get to meet Whitney. If we do get to meet Whitney. Which, what would you say the chances are? We are front row, center. We're, yeah, we're literally in the front row. So that's that's pretty interesting. Um, Have you ever been in the front row for like a big comedy show like that? A big comedy show? I don't think so. Um, I've, I've been Concerts. Close, I've, I've been close to the front. And at concerts, I'm almost always in the front. Right. Um, if it's general admission, like I go out of my way to make sure I'm there early, especially because most of the time I'm traveling far like this. Yeah. Like a long road trip. Well, like, it's worth it. Yeah, it's got to be worth it. Like, what's what's an extra couple hours waiting in line early when I've already invested so many hours into this into this show? I would um, agree on that. So I always try to make sure I'm in the front. Um, that is kind of going. That's something that's um, that I'm losing as I'm getting older. It's not just my hair. Uh, you want to sit and not stand? Uh, if there is a standing option, I will do it. But I'm also very content with sitting. Yeah. Um, Me too. And like, I, if I'm going with friends or whatever, like, yeah. uh, we, if you can hang out in the back and just be with them and just experience the concert together, it's better than like, especially if you're at like a rowdy concert where everyone's pushing and shoving up to the front and it's like hard to get there. It, yeah. Like, it's even harder for a group of people to get there. Yeah. So, like, sometimes it's easier, it's better to just chill. Um, and some of my best concert memories, I wasn't in the front. I was just chilling in the back, you know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I I do like to be close. I do feel like it's a different experience. Um, but What's uh, the last big concert or show you went to? Oh, my God, that's a great question. I mean, I saw Taylor Swift on the 1989 tour. That was probably one of the biggest. But, oh, after her, it would have been Katy Perry's Witness tour in uh, Toronto. 
And that was pretty big too. Probably not bigger than Taylor. Like Taylor's was the largest scale concert I think I've ever seen. Was it at like Air Canada Center or Rogers Center or whatever? It's one of those. Okay, I can't forget which one. And I did see Lady Gaga in Montreal. That was another big one. But I would say, yeah, in terms of a big concert, the, the last, the biggest one, the biggest, most recent one would have been Katy Perry, um, where I got actually upgraded. I had lower bowl seats, uh, but got upgraded to the drop zone, which was the front fan area for super fans because they saw what I was wearing and they upgraded me. Nice. And I, I manifested that. I knew. By buying... Well, I made March. this amazing light-up dress. Oh, you made it. So I, I got this, like, sequin dress from, like, Fashion Nova or something. Uh, and I, I glued on sequins uh, in the front to look like a, a big eye, because her album artwork at the time was a big eye. Um, and uh, not only did I do that, but I then glued in LED lights. So it literally lit up. Cosplayed for I was walking, and I knew, and I knew that her team was walking around, and I just wore it loud and proud. And without a doubt, they came up to us, um, and we met some other super fans there too, and like kind of made friends. And we were all kind of walking around together, and uh, they upgraded us, and it was the best moment, one of the best moments of my life, top five. Um, also, they filmed it, and it's actually there's clips of me on. Katy Perry's Instagram if you go back and find it. Oh. Now, the other thing was they upgraded people to the front for the concert, but then once you were in the front for the concert, there was a chance to get upgraded again to go meet her. Oh, snap. So there was two chances. I was, I almost got there. I almost got to meet her, but I didn't quite get to. They actually picked, um, she picked the people we made friends with. Oh, nice. Which was awesome. So I was very happy for them, but also very jealous. Yeah. You... So I think what happened was because they took our pictures, and I think they took them back to her, and they said, "Choose who your favorites are." So I wasn't one of her favorites. Damn. Yeah. Harsh. I know. <laughs> but yeah, that was larger than life. I I feel like this will be up there for me just because I love Whitney so much. I'm like, I don't know how big this theater is. I think it's pretty freaking big. It's. Uh, I've been I've been to a show here before. Oh, okay. Um, it, it, it's fairly big. It, it is like a, it's a little theater, not a little theater. It's a it's a fairly big theater, but it's not, it's not a stadium. It's not an arena. Right. It's a it's a theater. I think that's good though because you get that kind of more intimate feel, but it's still on a large scale. Yeah. Well, larger I, like, scale than like what we're used to for comedy shows. Yeah, we've we've done comedy shows with the daily grinds. So yeah. Like I don't think the guesses pub guesses gonna guesses pub for four people. Yeah. We're not gonna be get I that guess, intimate of feeling. Yeah. The uh, I mean I'm just trying to think of like the comedy shows that I've seen. I saw Eliza Slezinger, um, when she came here, but she was at the Spax Theater in Halifax, um, which was very small. Uh. But packed it, and like the energy was amazing in the room, um, and that was also an experience. I think I was like third or fourth row for her for Eliza. Um, so this is going to be so interesting. But so we're in the front center, um, and it's very well known that Whitney stays after the show to meet people. So what are our chances? Would you percentage? Pretty, to talk to her. Pretty good. I don't know. 
That'd be my guess. 90% chance. So Clifton and I have been talking. Clifton had the idea to like try to do a little mini question round with Whitney so that we could make this episode Whitney Cummings episode. (laughs) Whitney Cummings as a guest on the Intoxicated Podcast. And it's just just a very long intro with uh, Sarah and Clifton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the intro section. This is the intro bit. Um, but Whitney's part is like one minute long. Yeah, you're gonna get it. You're gonna get a nice, good, solid, you know, thirty second interview with Whitney Cummings. Okay, so okay, we we meet Whitney. She comes up to us. Um, I'm. I don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> you're probably. Gonna I would. Okay, like here's cry. Here's my know. thing. No, I don't think I'll cry. You don't think so? I, I don't know. It's it's very strange because I love her comedy. I'm obsessed with her podcast. I listen to her podcast every single week. She's one of my favorite people to follow on social media, too. Amherst. Amherst. We're in Amherst. Um, so it's weird to finally meet that person. It's going to feel weird. Like, yeah. not real. Um, and I mean, a lot... Uh, like, yeah, she's, she means a lot to me. I don't know if I'll cry, though. You don't think so? You were, like, crying over your passport. (laughs) Yeah, but that was, like, massive stress. Like, like, a lot of unknowns. Like, like, the thing is with this, now that we're in the States now, and, like, we're going to the show, the number one known fact is that we'll have fun, and we'll see when it comes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's the guarantee. So the meeting hers is really just like a bonus that I would really like. But you don't think that bonus is going to push you over the edge? No, I just, I don't know what I'm going to say to her. What the fuck do you say to someone who you admire so much? Whatever, whatever you want. Um. Like, okay. And so then the other thing is, is like, so we're going to get her to sign some stuff. Um, and I don't know. And I do want to, I, I want a picture with her. So we need to have a plan about what's your phone like? Is it a good camera? I hope so. Because so. <laughs> maybe what we do is like you have your camera ready to take pictures of me, and I'll have my camera ready to take pictures of you. Because you're gonna get one with her too, right? Probably. Yeah. That's what I'm known for. Yeah. Unless we try to do a selfie with all three of us. Or both. Oh, I'm so. Str- I'm. I'm getting stressed about this. Um, and then, like, what if I look shitty in the photo? Oh, it's just, there's there's a lot of uh, unknowns. The other thing, Clevson, we could just take a video. Like we did earlier. Like, like you could video me meeting her. I could video you meeting her. Yeah. Like, that would be good, too. Ideally, we get a photo and a video. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, and then, um... What's the other thing? So the other thing would be is we would love to just ask her something to make it so she's an official intoxicated guest. And so the question becomes, do we tell her it's for a podcast or not? What's the ethics behind that? I don't know. You can podcast, uh, surprise podcast is surprising. Like, I definitely knew about this going, it was my idea, I think. Yeah. I was just like, you know, we can, we're going to be on the road. So, we're going to be trapped in the car together. We might as well yeah. be productive. But here's my thing. So if we meet Whitney, 
I don't want to instantly go into. I'm going to ask you a question for my pot. Like I'm going to. Oh, yeah, I'm going to gush sure. over her and stuff. But um, I think you should be the one to go. She actually has a comedy podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Versus me saying it. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I feel fine about that. And then you could say, can you just roast her for... attention off myself. And then you would say, can you just give her a quick... This is what you say. One of the segments on her podcast is the assumption segment. Do you have an assumption about her? Do you think... Yeah. Or would there be another segment that would make more sense? Like the rant or the unpopular. I don't know. I think the assumption is the best, especially when you're just meeting someone because all they have are assumptions. And also because she's so good at roasting. Yeah. Um, So it would be a great moment for her to like, do you know what I mean? mm -hmm. Anyways, I don't know what we're going to do. I guess we'll play it by ear, but I I have my, I have my Whitney Cummings shirt um, and I have her book. How long have you been doing the assumption segment? Really, just since the the relaunch. Have you had any repeat guests? That have been on the podcast twice since doing that? Yes. I guess Dan. Technically Dan, but we just kind of skipped over him when he was on with Claire. We didn't really do. I think I I think for their episode, I did an assumption about them as a couple, not individually. Yeah. They didn't make any about you? I don't think so. I mean, I don't... That's not the requirement, right? Is it, though? Guests can, guests can throw that back to me if they want, but it's not... They don't have to. Because I was going to, like... And I found out that this is wrong just by talking to you uh, more and more. But, like, real, really, I've kind of only known you through the pandemic. Uh, so an sure. assumption that I had about you was that you are not well-traveled. But, you know, you were just talking about how you've driven to New York, you've driven to Windsor. I, I, I No, I think that's a right assumption because, number one, the New York State stuff with my family was, like, when I was really young. Um, I've been... To, I went to New York in 2008. I've been to Mexico twice. Um... Toronto a couple times, Montreal a couple times, Ottawa. But I've never, like, I've never been to Mexico. Oh, okay. You've been there twice? I've been there twice. That's really all the places I've been. I'm just trying to think. Yeah, like, Boston, New York, Mexico, Toronto, Montreal, Newfoundland. Uh, did you take the ferry or did you life. fly? Uh... Flew. Uh, lane. Lane. You gotta do the ferry. If it gets you in Cape I flew for the first time alone to Newfoundland. It was my first time flying by myself. Oh, no, wait. That's a lie. No, that's true. How old were you? Um, I was... Hmm. Like, 23? Something like that. It's for my friend Heather's wedding. I just remember it being a very short flight. Yeah, it wouldn't be that long. And the airport was tiny. Um, but I, I'm actually, I don't consider myself well traveled at all. In fact, like every time I fly or go anywhere, I have to like re-educate myself on like what the process is. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it's been so long since I've been in the States specifically. So this is like pretty crazy to me that I'm here. Um, holy shit, the amount of trucks we've come across 
that have final destination status all over them is uh, insane. We're behind two trucks with these big, like concrete slabs. I, I like would standing on their end. They don't look. I would very secure. Like us to not. Oh no! Now it's one lane. We have no choice. Or do you have quick reflexes with driving? Um, quick enough. I mean, the roads are good right now, so I, I definitely feel comfortable getting out of the way of a giant concrete slab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's really not a lot of traffic on the roads or anything, which is, I don't know what I was expecting. Maybe I was expecting it to just be more like a high, like a busy highway the whole time, but this is like way better. Well, we're, we're, we're still in the middle of nowhere. Uh, essentially, the we're going to jump on the 95 in a bit, and that'll be busier, but it's still main. So main. it's not going to be super duper busy. Yeah. Um, but oh my gosh, we do have some. Should we play the voicemails? Uh, sure, if you want to play the voicemails. We're we have two voicemails. We put a call out for voicemails for this this trip, and uh, got a couple. So I'm going to play. The first one, which is, I believe, a friend of yours. It is, yeah. It's confirmed, a friend of yours. <laughs> it's not even a question. I don't know this person. Um, so this is a... Let me see if I can find it here. Yeah. This is a voicemail from somebody named Bob Jesus. Hey, look, look where we're at. Oh, my God. We're enter- <laughs> entering Clifton. Damn it. Where's the sign? <sighs> how, have you, how have you not taken a picture by that, by that sign? Oh, I have. Oh, God I, damn I, it, I've, Clifton. I've taken pictures at the, the Clifton General Store, the Clifton Municipal Office, the Clifton Baptist Church. What? This is a whole town? Yeah. Like, this is where we're, we're kind of coming to the end of this little stretch of highway. Um, where we're getting back into civilization. And, um, yeah, I, I drive through here all the time. I'm, I'm famous. But one time I drove through here, and at the church, the, the Clifton Baptist Church or whatever, the, their sign... It said, our lifeguard walks on water. And I used to be a lifeguard. <laughs> so, like, it's totally talking about me. They, they ah. worship me here. Ah, that's funny. Um, okay, so this is a voicemail from Bob Jesus. Ready? Hello. Uh, this is a question for Cliff. Uh, this is Bobber Jesus of old CKY Alliance foreign fame. Uh, Cliff will know what I'm talking about. This question, Cliff, uh, is how does it feel to be playing, like, to be doing more shows than CKY has done in, like, the last <laughs> 12 months? It's really cool to see you uh, do your comedy stuff. And, like, uh, I hope to catch a show soon here in Georgia, boy. Come on down. All right, man, be well, be safe, and uh, watch out for deer. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so I need context as to who, who this person is. <laughs> okay, so he, he kind of mentioned it. Um, CKY is a band. Uh, if, oh, if you're unfamiliar. I thought it was a radio station. No, no. See, it, it could be. It sounds kind of like a radio station. But CKY uh, is a band. Uh, they're most famous for doing the uh, the shopping cart song from Jackass. Oh, okay. Um, called 96 Play Bitter Beans. Uh, I'm a huge fan of them. Uh, used to be like really huge fan of them probably like some of my first concert experiences were at CKY shows um, and they had an online 
their their fan base was like the alliance they're called like the CKY alliance it was like a online forum you know I met, I've met a bunch of so many cool people uh, being CKY fans that I'm still friends with today you know and that it's been hmm. you know god so many years uh, god damn 15 plus that I'm still friends with like Bob um, that you know that's cute yeah it, it really is like it it, it does make me feel really, really old that I have online friends. Um, no. That I've known much longer than some of my real friends. No, don't feel that way. Andrew Vaughn had the same thing. He met, like, a community of people online through when he was playing online Big Brother. Clifton United Baptist Church, everybody. All they've got is a food bank from 8 to 3. <laughs> they don't care about the lifeguard anymore. Um, That's so... Yeah, Andrew Vaughn had, had, like, a group of friends that he met online and stayed in touch with for many, many years. Yeah, I, I don't feel bad about it. I, I, I love I love all of them. It's just... It, it makes me feel old because of how long we've been friends. Right. Uh, You're not that old, though. You're only 29. But, like... Yeah, I'm not that old. I was so young just being on these forums. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so Bob, Bob's based in Georgia. He's, he's, got, he's got a band called uh, the Deaf Condors. Ooh, give, shout give, out. Give them a little plug. Uh, yeah. So going it, back to his question. His question, how does it feel to be doing more shows than CKY? Um, yeah, I've been doing a lot of shows. Uh, and, I mean, it's kind of unfair because we're... We're in Nova Scotia, which is kind of like pandemic paradise for a long time there. Yes. Uh, so we were able to get to doing shows a lot sooner. Um, and I've, I've been lucky in that uh, my career, I guess, has kind of managed to take off during the pandemic, whereas for a lot of people, it slowed down. Yeah. Um, Big time. Yeah. And especially for like CKY, who, who are... They, they've had their issues uh, as a band like their their former front man that was like 10 years ago they've been a lot less active recently they did release an album a few years ago uh, which was really good but like they, they, they haven't been doing much shows so it, it, it is a weird question because the, the context of the shows are very different mm. um, uh, still nowhere near as big as CKY or as cool as CKY or as influential like I, there's no forums dedicated to me that are making, you that are making that. lifelong friends. You don't know that. Maybe there is. Oh, like that'd be creepy <laughs> if it was just this forum, like <laughs> the Clifton Cremo fan forum. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if I didn't know. That's about. like something you get a lot, though. A lot of people, when your name is brought up, they just go, "He's such a hard worker." Thoughts on that? I'm not. I'm not really a hard worker. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's a misconception. I, I I don't say no to very many things, so I guess it comes off as me, me being a hard worker. Mm. Um, I, I'm I'm very grateful for all the opportunities that people offer me, and it makes it hard to say no to. <laughs> right, and, and it it if I really love the growth in in kind of the comedy scene in general uh, in. Nova Scotia, I, I, I love to see it, and being part of it makes me feel very special. So seeing seeing all of the great comics that are coming up and being considered alongside them or doing shows with them, uh, kind of validates. Oh yeah, um, can you name some names? Name some names. Ooh, uh, who's great that's coming up in the comedy? <laughs> who's great that's coming up in comedy? 
Ah, jeez, you put me on the spot. You're calling me on my lies. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> well, we were talking earlier about um, yeah. the different classes and uh, uh, and what we call a class is like, I guess, a, a group of people who have been doing it around the same amount of time. It's it's not so much an age. It's more amount of time doing it, right? Amount, amount of time doing it, amount of like relative experience or, or, or whatever. So like Albert Coombs uh, is, is kind of how this conversation came up. We talked about his fans. Oh yes, that's oh, right. He doesn't have any fans. Yeah, uh, there's, there's no Albert Coombs fan forum uniting people. His fans. <laughs> but um, no, Albert. Albert's doing doing really great, really great joke writing. He's doing really great performances. Uh, love him. Um, Chris Leff is doing really great. Another person who's been kind of around in comedy the same amount of time, roughly. And truly on every single show, every week. He's on every single show, every week. It, that's not that's not me, me being sassy. That's me saying he's really um, uh, someone who's truly working, working at it. Oh, I was going to be sassy. You, you killed oh, the vibe. fuck him for being on every show. Um, yeah, fuck you, Chris. <laughs> uh, no, I would agree. Both very good comics. Yeah, so it, it's, yeah, really fun. Um, so special shout-out to them. Special shout-out. Special shout-out. I, I could name a whole bunch of others, but I, th- I felt like we, we just qualified the people who have been doing it the same amount of time. Yeah. So, and we got off topic, but, like, back to back to Bob, I guess. And Yes. Did, 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 we, did we finish covering his question? I think so. I, I think we did. Uh, so I, you I knew, you, I you talked yourself down. You talked yourself down. I, I, I do think it feels different. It's a lot different of a, a type of show. I'm definitely doing more shows than Freddie Mercury is right now. <laughs> you know, like if you if you compare yourself to to whatever you compare yourself to, it's gonna be you can make it favorable for yourself. I frequently think I do more than a lot of people. Yeah, you you work hard. I I don't. Uh, I've learned to not. Uh, what's the word? Diminish, diminish it, or like play, play, play down. Like, like I think a lot of people do. Um, actually, I made a comment like on a podcast that was like, like when Durham died, I felt like, oh god, he was like maybe the only other person that works as hard as I do. <laughs> and you know, I gotta shout out Robbie Vino because he he does a lot of shows and does a lot too. Yeah, Robbie does. Um, so like, you know, but it's just, when I think of people who are consistently working, like, I think of people like German, Robbie, and me. <laughs> and of course, people who, and I, I gotta put in too, like, people who are regularly, regularly doing mics like Chris, like, that's still work. Um, but yeah, I guess I just, I have two very time-consuming hobbies. Um, but you, like, you're still on Cape Breton. Yeah, and you're always in Halifax for shows. Yeah, that's 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 a, a, a shitty part of it, <laughs> um, having to make the having to make the drive. But I don't mind driving, uh, honestly. You it, like it? I, I do. It, it gives me like driving is almost comedy work to me because I can be in my head, I can think. Uh, it's kind of the best place for me to to do writing. I guess. Oh, is, I like is that on the road. Um, so what you're saying is we can run bits by each other later. If, if you want to run bits by each other later. 
Um, you totally could. I am. Um, it's weird when it comes to like running jokes by my friends because like I just uh, Scott is someone who I I usually run a lot of my jokes by. Uh, but like people like Travis, like I often just think like I can't I can't reach out I can't ask Travis for advice. But like, why not just ask? Like, can I just run this joke by you? And can I just get your instant feedback on it? Like, is there anything wrong with that? Do do comics mind that, or is it a compliment? I don't know. I I don't know. People don't. I don't think people tend to run jokes by me. And if they have, I'm sorry if I'm forgetting. Mm. Um, uh, oftentimes I'll run my jokes by like my mom or or, or my friends mm. who aren't involved in comedy. Um, it's a great but, way to do but, it. But at the same time, I don't feel like I get the correct feedback all the time. Like, yeah. And that's the thing. You've got to talk to the right people who, who the people who like get know it. your voice, know what you're going for, know your style. Yeah. And, and know structure and, and, and cadence and like stuff like that. I, I do feel like sometimes when people give feedback, they give the feedback that they would do, not what what that comic should do. Do you know what I mean? Like, so that, that can be the tricky, tricky part. But even if it's just like, here's a joke and like, can you tell me if it's too long, if I should cut that? Like stuff like that is like, yeah. Like I, I don't want people to write punchlines for me or anything. That would be nice. That'd be nice. If they could. That would be nice. I'm just trying to think if I have any other assumptions about Clifton Cromwell. You are someone who... It's, it's tough because I do know you. Um, you're someone who doesn't talk shit a lot about other people. Oh, I talk shit all the time. That's a bad assumption. I talk shit all the time. Okay, you're a nice shit talker. Maybe. I, I definitely... Uh, I, I grew up in a... Like, my mom's a teacher. I grew up coaching, working with youth. So a lot of my stuff is like the, the whole compliment sandwich thing. Where you compliment, criticize, and then compliment again. Yes. So, um... You, know, I, you don't bring up the shit talk, though. So this is what I've kind of deduced, deduced. That's a word, right? Deduced? Deduced. About you is that you don't initiate it, but you'll take part in it. Sure. I feel like I usually initiate shit talk when we shit talk. <laughs> so, so you're admitting that we shit talk, but your assumption was that I don't shit talk. <laughs> I feel like you're not a mean shit. You're not someone who, like, like, I don't, when I think of you, I don't think he's someone who talks shit. You know? I, Which is a good thing, by the way. It means you're nice. I mean, I, I definitely try not to be. I I, I think um, you definitely got to be like empathetic and and say, say frame things at least in a way that that can be constructive, almost. Um, like if we if we were talking shit about comics or or whatever, um, I don't think any shit talk that I do is unfair criticism. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Whatever. There you go. I, I think I would criticisms agree are fair. Do you think that's the case for me too? And I, I wouldn't classify it as shit talk. Um, yeah. Um, do you think I'm petty? Not. No. Okay. Okay, cool. I, that's not a word that I would use to describe you. I feel like I can tear that line sometimes, but then I have to rein myself in. Um, we'll play the next voicemail here. This is from a friend of mine named Ashley. I don't know, Ashley, if you want your last name 
read or not, I'm just going to say Ashley, who I met through my friend Geneva Dickey, who's a matchmaker. Um, so Ashley sent us a voicemail, and I, this is my first time hearing it, so I have no idea what to expect. Let's hear from Ashley. What is she saying? It's really starting to look like Maine now. Oh, I yeah, just gotta, like I gotta say. We're basically in Bangor now. We are basically in Bangor. We are by the what's that, a river? Yeah, so we're on the we're on the brewer side right now. Oh of the river and Bangor is on the other side. We're still a little bit away. It is nice here, it's really cute. Okay, here we go. Turn from Ashley. Why the actual fuck do grown adult men think when I ask them a question about their bucket list or what they're really looking forward to this summer, they think it's appropriate to respond to me with saying you or sending a really terrible gif. <laughs> Is it something that has been wired into their brain to think that as females sexualizing an Oh no, she was cut off. Oh, all right. Well, I, I think I got the gist of it, though. Yeah. Why Why do guys do this? I think my answer is simple. They're not the... You... Okay. How am I trying to say this? They just want to bang. Um, They're just fuckboys. That's why they do it. I think... I think that's They want to the, go right off the bat and let, let us know what it is. Or is it that they're trying to be funny? I, I think... I think a lot of the times it could be trying to be funny and not all the time obviously I don't know I don't know what the ratio would be percentage wise I know if I said that it would be me trying to be funny instead of me trying to be instead of me trying to be overtly sexual would be sarcasm yeah like you're being cheesy overly cheesy as the joke yeah so sometimes that does not translate on dating apps especially on a dating app it wouldn't translate because dating apps are kind of like just inherently the sexual thing is built in uh whereas comedy thing isn't. Even, right. even though everyone's dating profiles is they want someone funny. <laughs> and, and honestly, Ashley, I know you and I know how awesome you are so I feel your frustration and I think both of us gotta get off these apps and try to try to meet people in the wild somehow. Um, because, well, number what I will say too is like when guys respond with things like that, um, they're showing you exactly who you are and, they're, and you can just move on. You know, you don't have to waste your time. Just ignore the message. Um, which is a good thing. Do women act this douchey online in your experience? Do women act this douchey online? Yeah. Um, are, are, is there a similar equivalent? I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I don't have enough, like, online interaction on dating apps with women. And I, so, like, I, I wouldn't, uh... Wouldn't know. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know necessarily. Um, I don't think we do. I'm gonna go on a limb and say we don't. Oh, there is the whole criticism of how women the the height thing. How they're, they're only looking for tall guys. Yeah. So like you know if you're under five nine don't message or yeah that kind of thing. Um, but Which that's is stupid because it, it is and it but it's not. I don't know. It's not directly offensive. You're not singling out a single person. Yeah. No. So like. Whereas if you were kind of being like, oh, what do I want to do this summer? I want to do you. Specifically, you're talking to a person and offending that single person. And you're assuming that person wants to do you back, which is not the case at all, usually. Um, yeah. And it's just so... And it's also just not funny. 
Yeah, yeah. So, like... Uh, At all! Yeah. The, the the easiest, quickest joke, you know, is, is often not the best one. No. <laughs> that would offend me, honestly, if I, if I got that. So... Uh, but I think I think joking like that once you've had like once you haven't established yeah once you have a rapport and we, you know what each other's tone is yeah and you know that the other person's like joking for the sake of joking yeah or or like that's different you know if if you were actually in a relationship with the person and then you asked them what do you want to do this summer and they said you <laughs> right like it, it's not as creepy and offensive I guess if you're yeah if something is established there yeah. But, like, for opening contact and shit, that's... It's weird. Right? Let's wrap her on this part of the podcast, and we'll pick back up on the drive back. How about that? Uh, sure. Uh, after the show, uh, we'll talk about the show, what happened. Um, so, future us, have fun at the show. <laughs> and hopefully... Hopefully the next part of this podcast will be us after the show, and, and I'll insert a clip of Whitney, hopefully. 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 All right, guys. Check back in in a little bit. Be like, hey, we're back. Um, this is us. We are back. We're back. We're back in Nova Scotia. We're back in Nova Scotia. We're almost home. Um, we are going to now tell you the whole story of, what I guess, happened? I guess the whole night. Um, which ended up being a double header night. Yeah. Um, and we were up very, very late as well for reasons of which we will tell you in a second here, but, uh, but Whitney Cummings, oh my gosh. So, um, I don't know if I want to like bury the lead and like talk, should we talk about the show first yeah. or yeah, should, show first. should we talk about how we met her first? Uh, I think, I think we go chronologically. I think we okay, go so, first and then, cause we met her after the show. Well, I'll start with saying that um, we got some food, um, and we couldn't eat in a restaurant, so we had to get it for takeout, um, and we just kind of hung out on the waterfront for a bit, and uh, she had posted on Instagram that she was wandering around Maine, uh, and I got very obsessed with the idea of finding her then, <laughs> yeah, which was probably a little stalkerish. But we, we didn't see Whitney at that point. We no. did send an Instagram message. Because she was like, what should I do in uh, Portland? And so I, I messaged her saying, uh, come down to the waterfront and meet your friends from Canada. Um, but that didn't work. But anyways, we got food. We ate food in the car. And then we went to the venue. Um, and this was the Mural Auditorium. Which is in the city hall of Portland. Yeah, it's basically like the same building. Same building. Historical theater. Beautiful theater. I wonder what the capacity of that theater was. Um, I don't, I don't know. I'd have to... I'd only be making a guess. And I'd guess maybe... Two to three thousand? Really? Maybe, maybe more? I have no concept of like how big like I'm, I'm bad at that too. I'm bad at guesstimating. Let's see, I see if I can look it up. Oh, you're close. You're very close. What is it? Uh, nineteen hundred eight. So almost two thousand. But she didn't sell out. So, um, 
We'll also say that we we did have an extra ticket. And we did try to find someone to give it to. So it's very hard. Um, but, comedy comedy nights are typically they seem to be typically a couples thing, like a date thing or yes. a group of friends thing. Yes. Uh, not many loners at comedy shows except the comedians. But this is what I'll say. I encourage anyone to go to a comedy show alone because more than likely there's really good seats available with one seat. Yeah, like our the one seat that we had was in the front row, literally. Exactly, because because no one wants to sit apart from their friends, so they buy tickets further back. Um, that's what happened to me when I saw Eliza Schlesinger. I uh, lucked out and I was like second row, and I went by myself, which was amazing. Um, but anyways, yeah, we we went in and we got our seats. It was literally front row, center front row, like the mic was right in front of us. Um, it was crazy how close we were. Um, I probably could have reached out and touched, like, touched the stage from sitting down. Yeah. I feel like. I, I, I did that with my foot a bunch of times. But it did, um, it did kind of feel at times like you were in a theater, like you had to, like, look up kind of thing. Oh, well, we were, like, basically directly underneath them. So Pretty we, much, yeah. We had a great view of nostrils. That's how close we were. Great view of nostrils and chins. Um... Yeah, so that was very exciting. I, I tried a um, black cherry Bud Light seltzer for the first time ever. It was pretty good. It was essentially a White Claw, which we'll get to in a second here. So, um, I drank water because that's the only thing I drink. That's right. Keeping it healthy. Um, Ricky Velez was the opener. And, okay, so this is where stories are going to start with Ricky. So, well, number one, like, he did, he did start... He didn't go right off the top with crowd work, right? Like, he did some jokes yeah, yeah. off the top. But he kind of started with crowd work early. Like, he, he was... It was just the two of them. It was Ricky Velez and... Oh, Jesus Christ. Pothole. Potholes. Holy um, fuck, on the highway, no less. Yeah, that's how you know you're home. Back in Nova Scotia. Um, yeah, Ricky Velez... Uh, he, it was just him and Whitney Cummings. That was it. So he's basically acting as host and opener. Yeah. So he's warming up the crowd, like doing jokes and warming up the crowd. So he did, he did quite a bit of crowd work. And, um, all of the crowd work was of course directed to people in the like first and second row. Um, so it eventually got, so, (laughs) so, so he, he was talking to a couple beside us at first I can't remember what the exchange was between them. Just that they had been together six months. And they had been together six months and she was a tax scam artist. Right. That's right. And essentially, like, it won't last. Because I feel like that's such a typical thing with crowd work, where it's like, if a couple is newly dating, like, the go-to thing with crowd work is to be like, you're going to break up. Like, it's... It tends to be the case, right? I mean, more often than not, it is going to be the case. Probably true. Um... But then he got to us, and this is where it gets funny. So he pointed at us and said, what's the deal here? And I responded too quick. Yeah, she, she made it very, very clear that we're not a couple. Very, like, instant. <laughs> I went, friends! Like, like, but, like, but too quick and probably too loud. Like, I, I probably did not have to project as loud as I did. Yeah, I'm not but, used... Like, I'm like not you, used to you being came off like you were like absolutely disgusted by the thought. <laughs> I didn't mean to. <laughs> I didn't mean to, but he then gave me this look of like, "Oh, who do you think you are?" And then the crowd. What was the 
crowd response to that. Ooh, was it like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A big ooh. And then and then he was like pretty much roasting us and asked asked you if you bought the tickets and you said yes. Yeah. How how did the rest go down? And then he he pointed at you and said well, well, I love your fucking shirt. Yeah, yeah. It, it started. Is that how it started? What? No, it started with what's the deal with you two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that is how it started. But then he continued after with my shirt. Yeah, he said, I love your fucking shirt. And then he told Clifton to, to show the crowd my shirt. Stand up and turn to the crowd. Yeah. And Clifton gave a little pose and the crowd cheered for him. Yeah. How did you feel in that moment? Famous. Did yeah. you and you you got to see the whole crowd, like the whole. I guess it was kind of dark, but like, what did it look like from your perspective? Like pretty full. Yeah, it looked, it looked full. I mean, I the the whole bottom part was sold out, and like the middle balcony, but like the, I don't think they sold any tickets in the top balcony. Yeah, top balcony um, was pretty empty. But that's like that's just how it goes. That's <laughs> how it goes. Uh, she's she's no John Mulaney. She's no John Mulaney, uh, which we will get to. We'll get to. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, but but I, you... I was wearing a, a Pepe the King prawn shirt. Pepe the King prawn is from the Muppets, uh, and the, the shirt. Is... The shirt got a lot of attention. Uh, not whole, only on not the only show, from, not only from them, but on social media afterwards. On social media afterwards, on um, on the street afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> car full of like oh my god that was the funniest thing a car drove by and uh they leaned out the window and i think he said what shirt is that and i thought he was gonna make fun of you and then i heard him say it's fucking sick (laughs) as he was getting further away he said where did you get that shirt where did you get sick where did you get that shirt yeah (laughs) uh but yeah, go ahead. so you you got a uh, applause break and you sat back. And I, perhaps the best moment of Ricky's interaction with us was him saying, "This guy fucks." <laughs> yeah, at least the shirt fucks uh, apparently. And then uh, and then he said, <laughs> what, what, "What did he say next, Clifton?" <laughs> what did he say next? He said he pointed to me and said, "Or oh, wait." You should sit on his beard or something. You should make her sit on your beard. Yeah. <laughs> I was dead. Like, dead, dead, dead. And I don't know why in my head I was like, I know we're front row, but, like, we'll be fine. I... And then I... When I realized that there was no... Because I know for... I just know from listening to Whitney, she doesn't really dive too much into crowd work. And especially where she's, like, working out her special. I wasn't expecting much crowd work from Whitney. And I think I start to panic when I realize, oh yeah, there's an opener. Shit, they're gonna talk to us. Um, what else? Does that I, make you panic? I don't know. I kind of a I little bit. In the I don't. Party. I not nervous panic, but more just like I hope I'm funny. Like I hope I say something that that they can play with. Yeah, that's that's more what it is. Like yeah, I wouldn't want to be the guy who shuts them down. Um, because while I hated my friend's response, it did get a reaction, so I'm kind of proud of that. I'm sorry, Clifton. Um, and what did you think of Ricky? I, I thought he was great. He was uh, really good. He, kept the, he had the energy up in the room. Uh, very, very funny. Uh, 
so funny. Really, really funny guy. Uh, I'm gonna be like probably checking out his special um, at some point. Yeah, I probably will too. Um, and um, one other thing I'll say is like he did. He was like kind of making fun of Bane a bunch, but I think he kind of got the impression that the crowd was easily offended. Did you sense that um, at first? Not overly. Not Maine, okay. Maine is one of those weird states, anyway, that, like, they're in the northeast, so they're pretty left, but they're also in the backwoods, so they're pretty right. So you can't really tell what kind of crowd you're going to get in Maine, I don't think. Mm. So I think he was feeling it out. Feeling it out. And it is now raining. I don't know if this will pick up. It's definitely going to pick up on my... Ah. Oh, damn it. So, yeah, Ricky was fucking hilarious. Um, uh, one thing I'll say, there was, like, commotion in, like, the second row at one point um, with a usher named Debbie. And one of the funniest things he said was he goes, Debbie, you look like a Debbie. And she really did. She, like, pictured Debbie in your head, and that's what she looked like. And it's like a sweet older woman with white hair and glasses. Like, it's exactly what you picture. Um, yeah. So that was really fucking funny, and he was great. And Whitney was off to the side. Yeah, Whitney was basically recording almost this whole set. Like, like, off to the side watching him and, like, filming it on her phone. And so, like, me and Clifton are definitely, like, in the footage. And she did post a picture of, uh, of him looking back at her from the stage and you can see me clipped it in the front row which is so fucking cool um but I'll never forget like when I first got the first glimpse of Whitney I was like oh my god like she's so beautiful she's all dressed in pink um yeah so Ricky did how much time 20? I'd say yeah about 20-ish 20 minutes brought Whitney out cause like we said like there was no hoe so it was just him and then I wonder if that's how standard comedy shows go when they're on tour. Do you think that's... Because that's what yeah, John yeah. did, too. Yeah. Yeah, like, the opener brings them out. Makes sense. Um, so, then we get to Whitney, and I don't even know where to start with this. Um, she came out to, like, a bunch of songs, like, they played. Uh, I forget what the song was that she was... It was some really fun song. Um, and... It was awesome. I'm yeah. still processing, honestly. I'm trying to think. Yeah, she came out very, very high energy. Super high energy. Uh, a lot, of, like all over, all over the place, all over the stage. Very physical. That is something I appreciate about her so much. So, Whitney is working out material for her next special, which she's recording in May. In May, so. She kind of got right to it. Like, she... Yeah. Like, she kind of said, Hey, Portland, man! Like... Like, she came out, she basked in the glow for a little bit. Basked in the glow. And then she didn't stop talking for an hour. And then she didn't stop talking for an hour. And, um... Got right into it. Got right fucking into it. I, I just loved everything about it. Like, there were certain jokes that I just really, really, really stuck out to me that I, like, I hope will stay in the special. But, yeah, like, one thing is, is, like... You made a comment being like, she's on cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Like, she, so much energy the whole show. If it, she's not on cocaine, it's very impressive. Um, it is fast talking, moving around. There is no, 
when I think of my presence on stage, I like to move around. And Scott actually told me, stop doing that, stand still. Scott who? Who would say such a thing? Scott McLean. <laughs> and uh, he told me to take more of a power stance when I'm doing jokes. Uh, but I lean towards the Whitney style and the Eliza style of like, I want to move around and I want to also be physical with comedy. She does great physical comedy. And there was definitely a couple bits that were like more physical than other bits. But oh my God. So good. Did you have a favorite moment of her set that stuck out for you? Favorite moment? Uh, oh, I know the moment. I don't know if we want to reference her whole joke. Yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil the we joke. Won't spoil especially the joke. she's doing a, a taping. But it was regarding. Um, wait, which one was your favorite? Which one was my? Um, you liked the the rape one, <laughs> didn't you? Yeah, that was a good joke. That was a good joke. Yeah, there was so many and there was definitely moments too where I felt like I was the hardest one laughing and I don't know if that was because we were front row and I wasn't in the much of the crowd behind us but like I was expecting to hear the crowd louder and I again I don't know if that was because they just weren't loud or because of where we were sitting that it was strange for me probably a mix of both I'm I mean, they, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, she killed it. Um, one thing that I'll say, like, she did do crowd work. She didn't talk to us, though. Yeah, she, well, she, not to be new. The, 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 the crowd work that she did was very, very limited it, compared to, compared to Ricky's when, when he was hosting, essentially. Yeah. Um, her crowd work was it was how she was doing segues so she didn't that's right kind of the, the way I approach crowd work honestly that's it's how like, I do it too yeah. like I, it doesn't matter what the crowd says you just inter- you, just, you get them talking and you see if you can play off of it and then you're if, just calling their attention by calling on them right I guess and yeah it was very much that she didn't play around with the crowd she she roasted some people be, because she was like I said the, her energy was so frantic um like, it almost seemed like she wasn't listening to whatever so, for okay, the answer. So that's interesting. So that's that's your thoughts. Yeah. Um, I didn't so much pick up on that, and maybe that's because I enjoy the energy. <laughs> I, I didn't. And my brain is moving. Just like the energy. I just it was it was a lot. It was a lot. It was jarring. Listen, Joe Rogan. Oh no, that was Nikki Glaser. That that's the famous Joe Rogan quote of Nikki Glaser on Rogan, and he goes, "You're a lot," and she uses the soundbite to open her, her show with it. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I see what you mean. Maybe it's because I match that. Like my brain is moving as fast as hers, and I usually talk as fast as she does. Call me slow brain. Is that what's going on here? Uh, nothing I'm saying is going to come out right. I didn't <laughs> mind it so much. I guess is what I'm saying. Um, but I did find that she did take on a roasting approach with, with the audience, like, just making fun of everything they said, um, which was funny. And I'm trying to think, oh, yeah, this is my other comment. I cannot, like, we, there was two fans sitting behind us in second row. They were, like, wearing Good For You merch. They had brought her, like, a present or something that they were, like, holding up. 
and they talked the entire time. Yeah, they weren't paying attention to the show, like, very clearly. And they were in prime seating position to get roasted or called out, and it didn't happen. So, a part of me goes, she's so used to it that she probably just tunes it out. Yeah. Because that's how long she's been doing comedy, and that's how long, uh, you know what I mean? Like, a part of me thinks that, but then I'm like, I kind of wish you would have called them out. Because they were so fucking annoying. Did you find them annoying? Yeah, yeah. Very. Ugh. Like, how do you call yourselves fans? I'm like, have merchandise on. And then go to the show of that person and disrespect them as a performer by talking the entire time. I think I think a lot of it was probably alcohol-related. Like, I, I assume that they were just really drunk and chatty. I do think that they were drunk. For oh. sure. So that was really fucking annoying. It really bugged me. And I was tempted to, like, turn around and be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't want to cause a scene or a fuss. Um, I was just, I was pretty mesmerized by her, to be honest. Like, I just loved, like, what stuck out to me was, again, just how comfortable she was on stage and how the thing about her type of comedy is, is, like, it, she's bringing you into her personality and her world. Like, in the way that she's telling these jokes and she's doing it so almost in a silly way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And she's physical with it, and she... I don't know, it's just, um... It was very, very impressive to me. And I've, I've never seen her specials before, but it was nothing like seeing it on stage. So, I'm curious to see, I guess, like, what she'll tweak and what she'll... What she'll keep, what she won't keep, what she'll, like, rework. Like, when the special comes out, I'm very curious about that. Well, the taping is fairly soon, so I assume that a lot of that is going to stay in, like, that's close to final product, I I would think. I would think so. So that was a dang honor to see, like, one of my favorite people um, working out material in front of me. Like, it's it's truly probably second best to actually being there for a special taping, would you say? Probably. I I haven't been to it. Travis's. Travis's, Travis's, yeah. uh, Taping. Which is great. To to both. Yeah. Both taping. So, if you listen to to Travis's album, Killed at the Funeral, you can hear me. Killed at the Funeral, you'll hear (laughs) Clifton's laugh. Did did you hear your laugh in his album? Why would I listen to the album? I went to two tapings. Oh, okay. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) We're joking, Travis. Um, Um, So, now we, we get to after the show. I want to know from your perspective how you saw all this going. Because I kind of had an idea of what would happen, but, like, all, what all, were your thoughts? All what going down. Like, like the show ended. Okay, so, so the show ended, uh, and Whitney hangs around uh, with with fans and does selfies and autographs and it was, but, stuff like that. Because it, it was the, the Touch Me tour. It was instant, though. So she... Yeah, she didn't leave the stage and then come back out. Ended she, on a joke, and she said, thank you, Portland, Maine. And, then, and immediately fans started standing up and walking towards the stage as if they just knew. They, they just knew, yeah. So a bunch of fans from behind us just cr- start crowding the stage. Yeah, we're, we're like, we're front row, so we're, we're there first. But then everyone just, now everyone's front row uh, right after the show. Yes. Um, this has happened to me at concerts before, and it makes me so mad. Because I'm like, you did not pay to be this close. We, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, like... 
like the audacity the audacity um but yeah people rush the stage start taking selfies with everybody and yeah. being very like this is how you take a selfie you gotta hold it a certain way and like yeah so many people uh, don't know how to take selfies and don't know how to use angles and not just to look good but just to literally get people in shots yeah um and there was and, a, yeah <laughs> that was like a really funny part seeing Whitney just explain to like 12 people like how to hold a camera properly and she's pointing at each phone so she's posing with all these people all these people have their phones they're not facing her they have their camera up um pointed at her and them uh and and Whitney while she's directing she's like pointing at the cameras to be like I got this one I got this one I got this one like making sure that everyone got a shot Mm -hmm. which I thought was so fucking cool but there was a lot of people it was a big big rush and in my head I'm going I don't like this it's too quick it was a lot um based on what I have seen from like Whitney's Instagram stories and when she like the stuff that she posts from other shows uh like where she's like signing people signing for people and all this stuff girls boobies girls boobies this was a lot more uh all over the place selfies and it was was more messy it almost like in in every other in all of her posts it looked it looked like people lined up and then it was like one by one but this was like a swarm of people just like running at the stage it was very like all over the place yeah, and I think in, in other posts that she's made, I think she's even brought fans up on stage with her to, like, sign boobs. There were no boob signing, I don't think. Yeah, I didn't see any boob signing. It was kind of And I had that as an option. I had worn... Yes, you have boobs. I, ha- I do have those. But I also had worn, like, a really low-cut green bodysuit under my T-shirt to be like, in case the moment arises... I can just <laughs> flip my shirt up and they'll be nice and uh, exposed for her. But I was just like, I I handed you my book and, and then I and then I took the book back. Yeah. Um and I just said when we get when we get our chance, just like take a picture really quick and, and then take a video. Um, which is what, what we did. Which is um, what we did. But and then Whitney took the phone and took a bunch of selfies too. Yes, but we're going to have ourselves. So what we did was we... I just turned to you and I was just... We let the the sea of people dissipate. Yes. Before... We were the the last people. We played the patience game. We played the patience game. We just stood by the stage. um, And as she was, like, weaving through everybody, it eventually got down to, like five people and then eventually just us yeah then we were the then, last fans to talk to her. then it then it just yeah then it looked more orderly and pleasant i don't even know so like when we met her she came up to us and i don't even remember like the first thing you said i don't remember that do you uh i shook her hand and then i oh yes that's right you shook her hand said hi and then we said hi, and she said, she said, I like your eyes. And I assumed she was talking about Clifton. But my eyes are uh, very plain, and <laughs> Sarah's eyes were all done up and, and looked nice. But I had green eyeliner on to match my shirt. And uh, so, but, so I guess the theory is, is that she was talking about me, but while she was looking at me. Yeah. Um... 
Anyways, we'll never, never know the truth. You never know, especially because you were complimenting my eyebrows just earlier that day. You were talking about I, how I, I think you're gorgeous, like golden brown eyes. So I think she could very well be talking about your eyes. I don't know. But you got a picture. How did this go down? I can't even remember Clifton. That was um, pretty chaotic. See, yeah, I took a picture and then... Um, Did she hug? Before you started videoing, she hugged us, right? She yeah. Hu- I, I got a hug even before yeah. the, the video started. Yeah, and we, we did... Yeah. And, uh, and then I think I instantly went into... We traveled to see you. I think that's both the next thing that came out of my mouth. Yeah, we we talked about, or we mentioned that we we had traveled quite a ways to see her from from Canada, and then she uh, immediately showed us how little she knows about Canada. Did I get, get mushy with her before you hit report on the video when I said you're my favorite person? Was that be- yeah, yeah. because she had had. Uh, I had handed my book to her, and he was like, I have this, um, and, uh, I think at that point, I was just like, like, I love you so much, you're my, you're my favorite person or something. I called her my favorite person, and she gave me this look of, like, oh, like, she gave me this, like, kind of, it was kind of a really nice moment, because I almost, that was the moment that I thought I was going to cry. And I, and I definitely felt it in my eyes, but no tears escaped. Yeah, she. Uh, I'll, I'll hand that to Sarah. She didn't cry. I, I expected it. I would have put money on it going in. It was emotional, but I didn't cry. I don't know. Like, like I, it, I definitely welled up. Like, you know the feeling you get in your nose when you're about to cry? Like the tingly. Yeah. Like, I, I definitely got that when I was talking to her. But then, but then we shifted into, like, we're fans from Canada. We... We, we drove nine hours, and then that's when you hit record in the video. Yeah. That's... She's holding the book. She's signing my book. We have video footage of this interaction, so maybe I'll put it in. Yeah. I'll put it yeah. in right now. Play it right now. Where? Uh, no, we're, we're, we're north of here. Toronto is west of us. Where we are in Maine, we're northeast of here. The closest. This, is, this was literally the closest. That's why we came. Yeah, yeah. East Coast meant Toronto, which I think a lot of Americans... Well, yeah, most Americans and performing artists, because Canada gets the short end of the stick when it comes to performing artists. Uh, A Canadian tour is Vancouver, Toronto, and Montreal. Right. And, like, 
if they're really lucky, they'll do they'll do Calgary. Right. Um, Montreal is as far east as most people come. Which is so funny. But that was a really funny moment. Um, and at a certain point, I did, I did throw in that we were comics. Um, and that's when she said the words... We'll have to get you to do some time. We'll have to get you to do some time next time. Oh my god. Dead. So, I think now we have full permission to, like, send a message. So, she actually gave us, on on my book, an email address yeah. of her assistant, which is crazy. Um, and then we had our little photo shoot hug moment, and comes in got great video footage of, of me and her. And was that it? Did we talk about anything else? Um, I don't think so, I think. Yeah, no. No. Oh, no, no. There was much more after that. So I told her, I said, I loved everything you did tonight. You did amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she said... I stopped recording at this point. You stopped recording at this point, which is fine. I'm glad I have this moment, because I'll remember it. Um, I was just like, you did so amazing. I loved everything. That was so good. And she did the typical comic thing. No matter where you're in in comedy, you'll always just downplay yourself. She just said, ah, I'm still working it out. And that's how she said it. And then you asked her about her shoes. And I asked her about her shoes because she started to walk away and I just yelled, oh my God, and I love your shoes. And then she came back and she was like, they're Betsy Johnson shoes. And um, I was admiring them. And then I happened to just say like, I love how you look tonight because she looked, number one. Casual. She's gorgeous. Like her, Wendy's skin is like, what I want my skin to be. Like, she is a poreless beauty. <laughs> um, but she was wearing, like, pink pants and a t-shirt and a pink jean jacket. And her hair up just in a ponytail with a scrunchie. And then wearing these, like, sequined, like, silver boots, which were so stunning. And I just love that because it was, like, comfy, but then there was, like, one thing thrown in there that was a little amped up. Um, which I really appreciated. And so I said to her, I said, as a female comic, I never know what the fuck to wear. And she said, just be comfortable. That's a problem I don't have, especially me, because I always even wear the same shirt. Well, dudes always wear the, you know, and they always wear the same thing, right? Yeah. I do feel like with like someone like me, I, I dress down, but I also dress up. A lot of people know me as, I mean, maybe less so in this last year, but like I used to like almost exclusively wear skirts. Like, I, Adrian, uh, when she saw me one time, she was like, you're wearing pants? Like, she was very confused. Um, but I've definitely started dr- uh, dressing more comfortable in the last year, uh, probably because I'm old and don't care anymore. Um, but I really liked that, that comment. And it was just, it was amazing. It was so great. And I, I'm so glad that we waited to, like, be able to talk to her longer than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Like, and um, she did post like a um, Instagram story of like other fans wearing merch, which I missed out on, which I'm a little sad about. But I don't care because we had a whole conversation. Yeah, which is in my mind better. So that was it. Was it was phenomenal, amazing. I can't uh, like I said, I'm still processing. I feel like I'm still in shock over it a little bit. Um, I mean, the 
this was going to happen. We were pretty sure this was going to happen. And yet it was still very shocking. But then we switched gears. Um, Clifton, what happened next? Okay, so after that, this is where the double header comes in. We went to go see John Mulaney. Yes. Who was playing in Portland the same night. We went back to the car and we did some photo exchanges. Yeah, sent, sent some photos and some uploads. You know, had a breather. Had a breather. And our, we parked very close by too. And we we had ample time. Um, yes. So the Whitney show started at seven, and we were out of there by what eight forty-five, about an hour and forty-five minutes total. Yeah. Uh, that show started on, right on time, right at, on schedule. Beautiful. Uh, the John Mulaney show was mm. scheduled to be at ten o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Um, the late show. Uh, he had done two performances because he sold out the first one. Um, in this, and we're like, we got time, we got we got tickets. Yeah, we got time. We got until ten o'clock, so we we moseyed on over, you know. And then when we get there, we see a line, uh, so fucking long, so long. You know, it's like three <sighs> people wide. Yeah, and uh, endless, and yeah, endless. Like I don't know, four blocks. Yeah, and then. So we're like, uh, we don't need to get in line yet because the line's not even moving. Uh, let's just sit down. So we sat down somewhere, and we see on the other block, there's another entrance with another line. Another line. Is like, the same size, if not bigger. Yeah. Uh, there's just two giant lines to these two separate entrances. Fucking uh, insane. Which, which was, yeah. And this was the late show, everybody. This so the late I... show. The one that didn't even sell out. Um... But I think the reason that there, like, there, there were definitely a few reasons. I think that they weren't prepared, mm-hmm. honestly, for the late show. All right. Typically, when when like places that do kind of the two two shows or more in a night, it's a smaller club, um, and I think they it's easier to clean up and whatever between shows. They didn't quite plan accordingly. We suspect. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think they did. Plus, they were doing this thing where they. Um, take your phones. Oh so my it, gosh, yes. No one in the arena had a phone. They put your phones? Okay, so we'll we'll jump to when we got in line. So we actually got in the lower entrance line. The, the second one we missed. Which, by the way, was in the middle of the street. Yeah, just in the middle of the road. And it made no sense to me. I was very, very confused. And I we met some really nice people in the line, too. Mm-hmm. A couple behind us. Was there a couple? Yeah. Maybe a couple. Um, Unless, you know, we, we would know if they were sitting front row at a Whitney show. We don't want to assume, I don't want to assume anything. All right. Um, what was I going to say? They were really, really nice. One thing I'll say about Maine. Um, the people are, ooh, this is scary. Sorry. It's really, really nasty weather. Um, the people are, were very nice overall. Did you find yeah, yeah. Uh, so very similar to Halifax, I would say. Um, but yeah, so the line was really long. We were o- outside in the line for how long? Like maybe twenty okay, minutes. Okay, so you say similar to Halifax, but here's the difference: <sighs> we were outside in the line in t-shirts because it was like twenty-three degrees oh, all day. My God, we yeah. forgot about that. It was such a nice day. Yeah, for the record, it's it's March. It was March eighteenth. March eighteenth. It no. was twenty degrees. That yeah. afternoon. Yeah, so, you know, we were just finding the lineup at night. 
just outside because the weather was beautiful. Yeah, it was starting to get a bit chilly, I won't lie. Like, when we were in the lineup, I was starting to get a little cold. But it was it was bearable. It wasn't anything like it would be in Halifax. Um, but we, while we were in the line, there was, like, someone who came up and said, here's the deal. And, like, gave us the rundown about the phones and said, we're taking your phones. Um, you'll get a pouch that locks. And then at the end of the show, you get it unlocked, essentially, right? Yeah, so it's, it's almost like a bag, but with one of those anti-theft devices that you find at a department Stores. store. Yeah. Uh, so that there goes Clifton's chance to take pictures of the show. Yeah, I, I, I bought a... I, I just got a new phone with, like, a really nice camera that I could... If we weren't we weren't front row for John Mulaney, I'll say that. No, we weren't. Um... So I was, I was counting on taking some good pictures with my nice camera. And, um, yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah. Because my phone was locked away in a bag. And for a and while there, we thought it might be a clear bag. Holy fuck. Can you see okay? I can see. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a confident. <laughs> that was not a confident response. <laughs> it, it, it's not bad outside, but when you get passed by another vehicle, they kick up a bunch of water. Yes. When it's, it's raining outside. And when it's a truck with logs on it, it's very scary. Uh, it's not good for my anxiety. Um, Your anxiety is purely based around Final Destination, a movie that came out in, like, the year 2000. There have been accidents where that has actually happened. Logs have fallen off trucks and hit people. So, I don't think it's totally unrealistic. But, yeah, so we thought there might be a chance that the bags might be clear, and we might be able to snap pictures. Yeah, we were hoping they were just giving us a Ziploc baggie. <laughs> That's exactly what I pictured, too. I don't know what I was thinking. Makes no sense. Um, but, yeah, so that was interesting. So we go in, there's, like, a metal detector. No proof of vax. No masks. Okay. Masks at both shows were... Optional. Optional. Yeah, everyone, that was... One of my favorite parts of this whole trip is that, like, I guess Maine just recently made it, like, non-mandatory inside or something, um, because everyone was going out of their way whenever they saw us wearing a mask to be like, you don't you, have you, to. You know you don't have to, right? <laughs> like, I would take that off if I were you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was very, very weird feeling like the odd man out a little bit. Um... But we tested negative, and that's why we're back in, back home. That's right. No COVID yet. No COVID. No COVID yet, at least. Uh, fingers crossed. I think if if anything on this trip were the high risk situations, would have been when we were in line trying to meet Whitney when there was that crowd of people around. Um, because I think I, I just kept my mask off then, which I probably should have put it put it on. I have mine on at that time. I probably should have, but I did not. I wanted to be picture ready. Let, on the ready. Let the USA get to you. I kind of did in a weird way. But, uh, Another great thing about the USA, when we were at the mall earlier, there's just like this little shooting gallery at the mall. Yes! <laughs> that was great. Learn to shoot a gun while you're I mean, getting your hot topic. Not, it wasn't real guns. It was just like BB guns or whatever. But it, it was... A literally, it wasn't like part of an arcade. The whole thing was shooting BB guns at cups, like the whole the circus thing. I really felt discombobulated in the states. Like, just everything from like figuring out how to pay for things 
my debit card wasn't working pretty much anywhere, so I had to use Visa the whole time. Um, because I didn't get cash out. I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, and like just how stores work, like where you stand, what, like like just things like that. Like I was very out of my element. It's been a long time since I've been to the states, so that was very interesting. But um, but so the John Mulaney show. Like I mean, yeah, yeah. We can't we're, compare. We, we just got in. We, we can't compare the two shows because they're just totally different. Like, yeah, one Wendy's was, in was a hockey arena. One was in a hockey arena. One was in like a o- little auditorium. Not a little. It was a big. It was a, pretty big. Like you said, nineteen hundred eight people but, in the Maryland. But I think because I went from that into the arena, it really put things in perspective. Yeah, well, things were put into perspective for me when we saw just the lines outside. I was like, holy shit! I yeah. didn't really like. I'm a moderate fan of Don Mulaney. Um, yeah. I didn't realize, like, I knew he was big. I yeah. didn't realize he was that, that big. an entire city would pack into an arena. Truly. Uh, At one point you said... Uh, is he the most famous comic in the world? Like, the most yeah. successful comedian in the world? It's crazy. Yeah. I've, I've been to big comedy shows. Like, in my head... Sarah Silverman is a bigger name than John Mulaney. Yes, yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's true, at least maybe not anymore. John maybe Mulaney, not anymore, yeah. But, like, I saw Sarah Silverman in 2012. Oh, shit. And uh, nowhere near as crazy. Hmm. Um, yeah. Maybe men, men comics just get more famous than women comics. I wonder why. <laughs> oh, is it women aren't funny. That's why. Somebody's um, had to say it. I don't know. Wasn't me. I wonder who, like, the biggest, most famous female comic would be. Um, for a while there, it was probably Schumer. Schumer. Schumer uh, could probably fill a stadium. Uh, uh back- Tina Fey. Tina F- yeah. There's some, there's some heavy hitters that could definitely fill a stadium. Sarah Silverman, it would have been for a while. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. One, um, one, I, I don't I don't know if she does stand-up, but, you know, she does comedy. Uh, and you don't really realize it, or I didn't really realize it until I thought about it and looked it up. I feel like Molly Shannon yeah. uh, has was in literally every movie, literally, between, like, 1995 and 2005. Yes. Like, th- those ten years, she was in literally every movie. She's a legend. <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah. Like, if, you, if you're ever, like, doing, like, an IMDb, like, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon kind of thing, I think Molly Shannon is the trump card. We were doing that as we were figuring out the degrees of separation because of touching and touching Whitney, hugging her. We touched her mic, too, by the way, at the end of the show. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, oh, do you think I'm kind of connected to Joe Rogan now? Because <laughs> Whitney and Joe Rogan, I don't know why he was the first person I thought of. She's friends with, like, so many famous people. But I, my, my head just went to Joe. But, um, so the stadium situation was we, we, wild. We, yeah, we get into the arena. They take our phones and they put them in the bags. We get to keep the bags. Yeah. Um, that was my concern. I was like, they're taking our phones? Or, yeah, that, that could have been a whole mess, but then... It's not a bad system. Uh, it clearly worked because we were seated kind of in the back. Um, so we had kind of a view of the whole crowd. And I didn't see a single phone light up. Like, nobody nobody bypassed the system, as far as I could tell. As far as we could tell, there was no cheaters. Yeah, no cheaters. So, like, nobody got... But it probably would have been easy to sneak your phone in. 
yeah, like what we determined after the after fact. It, it, it was too risky because there was like yeah. signs posted everywhere that said you just get ejected. Yeah, like immediately. Um, so I I kind of beelined it towards the merch table just yes. to see what kind of merch there was. Uh, surprisingly, Whitney didn't have a merch table, which I was sad about. because yeah. I, well, I love her merch, but like the shipping is so fucking pricey. Yeah. Um, but John Mulaney had a merch table, and it doesn't matter about shipping because his fucking prices were crazy. Oh, my um, God. For a poster. Uh, I collect posters. I collect movie posters. I have so many posters in my house. I was like, oh, every time I go to a concert, if there's a nice poster, I'll get a poster. I was like, I'll get a poster from this show. It wasn't personalized. It wasn't signed. It, it wasn't, wasn't any, the Portland, Maine It didn't dates. say Portland, Maine date. It didn't have any of the tour dates no on dates, it. No dates. It just had a picture of his face and, and like, from scratch, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was $50. U.S. dollars. $50. Five, zero. Even Not the, 15 Five, zero. Yeah, five, zero. And the, the, the guy working the merch stand was like, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a reason the stack is still this high. That's ex- his exact words. Like, you could tell he's been asked, because you had asked, is that really 50? Like, yeah. I was like, is there, like, a signature on it? or there, There's got to be something to make it 50. And I've, I've like, I'll, I'll shell out for a poster. Like I said, I, I collect them. Um, especially if, if like, an artist or, or a local artist is involved in, in the making of it. I have some on my wall, like, from when I went to see Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah. Uh, a local main artist drew the poster. Um, I'll shell out for that. Woo! But this was not that. This was not that. This was not that. It was not special. Uh, not special. So I didn't you get it. You could print one from a printer, and it would be the same, like... You could just find that image and get it yeah. printed at Stable. We did see someone buy one, though. Like, like um, right before I bought a t-shirt. Richie's. They were either very rich or a super fan. Yeah. Like, it's uh, pretty insane, but we went... Um, and at that time, people were still crowding in. It was still, like, people were still flooding in. And we had heard... We heard something being like, is the opener on right now? Like, we heard a voice. Yeah, we heard a voice coming from inside the arena while we... Because, like we said, this whole mess, waiting outside for the 10 o'clock show, we didn't get in until 10.30. 10.30, yeah. It was supposed to start at 10. It was supposed to start, start at 10. Like, yeah. doors should have been open before that. Um, we didn't get in until, like, after 10.30. And while we were, like, in the foyer looking at the merch, we heard, like, a voice. And I was like, is that the opener? Yes, that's what you said. And, and then we, we quickly picked up a pace. Yeah, went, so went we to went the bathroom. Found, found our seats. Yeah. And it turns out it was the opener. Yes. Uh, who was great? Seton Smith. Seton Smith. Who is Rosebud Baker's ex-boyfriend. That's how I knew the name. when Because we, we we just sat like right in on his set. We didn't know who he was at first. Yeah, we didn't get the we introduction. Because we, we joined basically halfway through because they didn't make an announcement that the show had already started or anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Seton Smith's set was really, really good. Very uh, funny. Had a, had a good time, and then he brought out brought out Baby J. Mr. John Mulaney, such a cutie pie. And he was in a, in a suit, and I enjoyed myself more than I thought I would enjoy myself. He's extraordinarily funny. Yeah, he's, he's really good. Like, um, 
it was also very impressive, like, to see something that was curated. Like, it was clearly, like, him telling a story about his current situation. Like, um, I was going to, uh, I was going to bring that up anyway. Yeah. Um, Whitney's, like, if if we're going to compare the two, Whitney's set, uh, was... A, a lot more frantically paced, like I said, and it, but it was a lot more individual jokes with like individual. There was sections. sections. Like I would say but, that there would be like maybe two or three main themes of what she was talking about. And I can re- like, and th- this isn't a knock on either of them. No, but like I can remember Whitney's like kind of set up punchline thing. Um, I don't remember much, honestly, of John Mulaney's, but I remember the story. I remember the narrative. It, the like, narrative is what stuck out with John's. Yes. Yeah, it was like it was yes. like an hour-long adventure that, That's that what it was. we went yes. on, and we can like, now we know kind of what's been going what's we, been going through his life for the we, past two years. We, we we know the story. We know the story starting... And it was um, funny the whole time. Starting just before he went into re- rehab. Um, and, uh, and then... As he's telling the story, there's these kind of offshoot stories that happened that were really funny. And, like, yeah, it was uh, really fucking good, I gotta say. Different vibes, for sure. Yeah. And, like, it did suck that we couldn't get a picture just to show people just the magnitude of it. Yeah, of the, of the stage or of the crowd, like, just to... Just to show, like, we were in this insane stadium. Um, but... Yeah, a hockey arena full of people with, like, the floor completely filled to the back. Um, and, and the comic in me just kept going, like, I always wonder these things as a new comic, because I'm always just like, is there notes up there? Is there a teleprompter? What, like, is there anything? Or do these pros just literally have it all so clear in their heads what they're doing? Yeah, the, the ladder. It's sure. the ladder. Okay. It's just insane to me. Like, it, I'm still so new. I'm at a point where, like, even just that alone... Is crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Like even like what what Whitney did. Like I was just like she didn't fucking have any notes. It was just all her up there talking. Yep. Um. Fucking awesome. But yeah, it was. It was really really funny. Like there's definitely certain jokes that I remember that like just hit me in the giggle deck really hard. Yeah, like both Seton Smith and John Mulaney like really cracked me up super super hard. Yeah. And that, that's part of what makes it really hard to remember. Like, I'm laughing so hard that I, like, I zone out. Yeah. And then I have to zone myself back in by going, okay, Clifton, stop. You have to listen to this joke now because they're still going. Yes. Like, and... And, well, that's the thing when you're seeing a pro and someone you enjoy. It's like you're enjoying so much of it that you can't remember any one part. Yeah. Yeah, that that was basically it. Basically Um, it. We, We saw two shows and... Got out around like twelve thirty or something. Was it? No, it was, it was like around, 12, it was around like midnight. Midnight. Like twelve on the dot, basically. Midnight, and then went back to the hotel, and we uh, arranged our virtual COVID tests. Yes, our virtual COVID tests, and I've had bad luck with these in the past. Yeah, um, and you had issues, so we booked appointments, but the appointments, we in our mind, we wanted to get them done the night before because we wanted to know. Yeah, they're valid. They're valid for the next day. They're valid for the next day. So we so, were like, if so we have COVID, it would be nice way. to not worry when we go to sleep. Yeah, get it out of the way. Like, 
probably sleep better if we have a negative test. And sleep worse if we have a positive. Right. But that's the risk you gotta take. That's the risk you gotta take. And so it was close to 3 a.m. that I was packing it in. Like, it was a pretty, pretty late night. Um, but that was our journey. And it was so much fucking fun. Right? Did you have fun? Yeah, I had, I, had, I had a great time. I always love going to the States. Um, yeah, it was really cool. I mean, kind of scary at times, but cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I make this this particular trip a lot. Like, I, even the first night, um, the night before we went to these shows, uh, like, when we first drove into the States, I continued on. Like, I dropped Sarah off at the hotel. That's and, right. We went to Lowell. I went to Lowell to go visit and my Uncle Alan. Cousins listening, I wanted to go, if, if there are cousins listening, I have I have cousins in Lowell, and I probably could have stuck in a visit, but it was very late at night, and I knew it would not have worked out well, so. Yeah, I brought it up just to put you on blast in case the cousins were listening. I mean, and I have a cousin who's like a huge stand-up fan, so we just gotta take another trip down, and uh do more of this because it was really really fun and really not that far yeah it's it's not that long a trip it, it it's a lot it sounds a lot worse than it really is truly um, truly you just gotta keep yourself entertained um but speaking of which we're gonna close this out but before we do um we have a voicemail oh we have a voicemail yes we do we're gonna play one last voicemail on the road uh and this voicemail is from the amazing, the great, Matt Baker. Matt Baker. Hey, Clifton Cremo and Sarah McClellan from the Intoxicated Podcast. Matt Baker here, longtime listener, also been a guest several times, but today I'm calling in just to say hello, checking in. I have two things I wanted to ask for the for the pod here. Uh, question number one, obviously, is did you guys smuggle drugs across the American border into Canada or the Canadian border into America? That uh, that question is just uh, that that question is just for the border security. So they want to know. And then question number two, you guys just got back from some live comedy at a theater. I want to know, do you guys, what was the best part about seeing comedy in a theater? And what was the worst part? The worst part. What's the best? What's the worst? You know the deals. Looking forward to chatting with you soon. Come out, visit East Coast, West Coast, who knows, whatever. You know where I'm at. I'm everywhere. Answer the questions, goddammit, Clifton. This is not a fucking game. Did we smuggle drugs? You know what? Technically, because of my antidepressants and Ativan. Yes, we didn't declare those. We did not. So, so, yeah, maybe technically we did, both ways. Were we supposed to? Are they considered? No, no. Okay. It doesn't matter. Not those types of drugs. Allegedly. 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 Any any border security agents listening in, uh, this is all hypothetical, of course. Yeah. The, uh, <clears throat> the marijuana pills that we smuggled for Sarah's antidepressants. <laughs> Which, um, I didn't take any out of van over, over this trip, thankfully. Uh, but actually, this is a good time to bring up because Matt Baker left the voicemail. Uh, you gave me a scare because you went climbing on rocks 
Oh, yeah, yeah. We, I, I was climbing some rocks, and you were a Debbie Downer. Well, I just I was getting premonitions of, like, you falling and cracking your head open on the cliffs. Like, on the, it, it, these were, like, jagged rocks. Um, and I wouldn't want that to happen because you were my drive home. And you could have figured things out. You're 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 an adult. But you could but have got your way home. It's funny because I was just like, I was truly a mother. I was just like, let them get out from there. And then later on, I was like, you know what? If Matt was with us, he would have let you do it. <laughs> and I, that's what I was thinking the entire time. I was like, <laughs> literally, while I was climbing, I was like, you know, Matt Baker wouldn't be yelling at me. Matt Baker would be climbing with me. He'd be helping me up. Right? And that's why I miss him so much. Aww, because We miss you, Matt. Because he would let me do cool things, unlike you. Oh, I'm I'm the bad cop, he's the good cop. Yeah, the, the wrong cop left the province. And, and if me... If anyone should have left, it should have been you, Sarah. Should have been me. Should have been you. I don't belong here anyway. <laughs> um, best part and worst part about seeing comedy in the theater? I'm assuming he means Whitney. Because I guess there's theater and then there's stadium. I mean, he, he both know. both are kind of the same, I guess. Yeah, they're both bigger bigger venues, not clubs. Um, um, so I guess we can answer the pros and cons of both because we, we went to both shows. Pros and okay, pros and cons of Whitney at the almost two thousand seater auditorium. I think that that's a good spot, a good size for a theater. Yes, uh, um, and it's it's still fairly intimate. Um, but it also feels big. It, yeah, it also feels big. It feels grandiose. It feels all, all these things. Yes. Um, some of the things that were lost on, on the size of the theater, I think, um, was what we talked about, the like the chatty people. I think in a smaller place, they would have eat like someone would have shut them up, if not the comics. Yeah. In a smaller, in a smaller club, because it would have been more obvious to everyone in the room. Whereas... Uh, so true. That's such a good the, one. The chatty people kind of only affected those around them, like us. Like us. Um, but it wouldn't have affected people in the back. They wouldn't have heard and they wouldn't have cared. Yeah, I would agree. Um, it was close enough that the comics should have heard and maybe... The, the, we, we went over the fact that they were wearing merch and they were fans and all this stuff. The, these chatty Cathy's. Um, and they... But they were fairly... They were well-behaved during Ricky Velez. Uh, They weren't weren't all over the place. And he was in a... I think maybe his crowd work might have encouraged them. They might have felt like... Oh, we're part... We can just... Yeah, like... We're part of this. Yeah. Ugh. that That might have been part of it. So there's that. And then, I guess... So that... Those are the downsides. Those are the downsides. The, the, the pros are, like we said, that it felt intimate still while being spacious. Um, and it's really good looking. The stage was really nice. Um, the Just the whole venue is really, really nice. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think. Um, I liked that size, 2000. You know, like, like it's... It, it is big, and, like, you can... It's like surging energy, um, but it does still feel more intimate, like you're part of something special, maybe? It's not about the size, it's about how you use it, I've yeah, been Yeah, there it is. 
Yeah, and I mean, like, she had a very simple setup. Like, she didn't have anything fancy on stage. It was literally just yeah. uh, two stools. Two stools and a mic and a bunch, a lot of liquid, a lot of different beverages. Yes. Yeah, Whitney loves her beverages. And some water. Yeah. She, her, she loves all kinds of beverages, so. And then we then we were at a, an arena, a oh. hockey arena for John Mulaney. Actually, I have another con. Oh, okay. Um, theater seats, I hate, because there's nowhere to put your drink. You have to put it on the ground. Um, like, whereas if you're at a club or something, you might have a little table or something. Mm-hmm. Or you might be at a group, be able to, like, kind of sit with your, your people and, like, put your stuff down. I don't, I... That's one thing I don't I don't enjoy about theater shows. Could you imagine if those drunk bitches had table space for more drinks, though? That's true. <laughs> there's listen, there's pros and cons for everything. But yeah, Mulaney. So this was a grand stadium, yeah, well, like hockey, a, a hockey arena, hockey arena. Um, pros, okay. I think the pros are it feels like a spectacle. Yeah, it, it definitely felt like a spectacle. Like he could have been recording a special that night. It, it um, has the big feeling, the your scene. Like, there's no chance, other than the people in the front, there's no chance for you to be part of the show. You are watching the show. Do you know other, what I mean? Like, yeah. you, like, you are just watching someone put on a show versus, like, smaller shows. It's like, yeah, you, you could get called out by the comic or, mm-hmm. or something, you know? Yeah, it, but that also lends itself to more, more groups of chattier people yeah. disrupting the show for... A lot more people. People take it more casually, maybe. Maybe, like, people go and they don't take it as seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that that's a definite... Con. Con. What other cons are there? Pros. Popcorn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you, you do get the advantage of seeing, like, screens. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Screens. Screens. So you can... Even in the theater the size of Merrill Auditorium, where we saw Whitney, um, the, even in a theater like that, if you're kind of far away, you're not going to be able to make out facial expressions no, and that's, as, as good. Yes, and that was like one thing that like was one of my favorite things about seeing her was just like seeing her facial expressions. Like I, you know, and I made eye contact with her a bunch of times, and it was magical. Uh and you're not really going to get that in a stadium show. One thing that surprised me about the uh, about the arena show was the um, the amount of crowd work that was being done. Yeah, he did uh, do crowd work. Yeah, both of them did. Both Seton Smith, the opener, and and John Mulaney talked to the crowd, and they and heard like they, people were yelling response, and they heard them. Yeah, they could hear them even when we couldn't, and sometimes we could. Sometimes people were yelling loud enough that we in the back. Could hear, could, could hear them yelling. Like, when, when Seton Smith was asking for... Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. ...things oh. that people were abused by. Yes. Someone, was, someone shouted, like, a door. And yes. someone shouted a hose. Yeah. Um, we heard all those answers. Yeah, we heard the answers way from way in the back. And so... And he did, too. Yeah. Um, Which is shocking. Surprising. Yeah. Uh, so, there... It, it still did have a chance to be kind of intimate, but... Also, a lot easier for the performer to disengage. Uh, like, yeah. John Mulaney was talking to some guy, and the guy was, like, trying to crack jokes about, alcohol, like, his alcoholism or something. And John Mulaney was like, okay, it was nice talking to you, and then moved on. 
Right. <laughs> yeah, it definitely feels less attractive. And, and it can be. It can be. Like, the, the crowd, unless they united, couldn't ruin the show. Yeah, unless they started a chant. Yeah. Um, no individual could really ruin that show. Not speaking to the performers, but do you have a preference over theater, auditorium, or stadium? Which would you pick? I would pick theater yeah, over, the, over the over the arena. Yeah, I think um, so too. Even though, like, it, it is even so if special. We didn't, even if we didn't have front row, if, if, even if we had the worst seats in that in that theater, I think we still would have had a better view of Whitney yeah. than the seats we had. Yeah, Tom Mulaney. Yeah. Um. So, so I think there is a perfect middle ground for for a larger for larger uh, venue. And a theater about that size is it? I, I've seen tons of bands in in cool theaters. I've seen my favorite artist, John Stevens, in Merrill Auditorium. Oh, so, nice! Oh, you were there before. Yeah, I've been there before. Oh, I didn't um, know that. And it's just a, a good sized venue overall. It um, is really good. But Still feels big. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, of those two options, I would definitely go theater. Uh, but you, you really can't beat just, like, intimate club feel, I think. Yeah, you really can't beat that. That's what we all want. I really do like performing in bars. I know that seems weird. I like the feel of it. I don't know what it is. I like it. I really like it. But, but thank you, Matt Baker, for the question. And please move back soon. Please move back soon. Before I have to go there in July, and I'm I'm setting it in stone, Matt. I'm coming to see you in July. Oh, look at that! I won't be because I am broke. Um, <laughs> I'll be there in my heart. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be a wrap on this on the road episode. And I just want to give the biggest thank you to you, Clifton, for making this trip happen. Um, driving this whole way, what a trooper! How do you feel? Like, like I mean, you've done this so many times. Uh, you you had fun. It was worth it. Worth the drive. Yeah, yeah. It, it always is. Even if even if nothing happens, it's even, still, if, even if it's just for the drive. It's still an experience going into another country. Yeah, via car. Even even though I've done it so many times, it still feels special. Oh, I love that. Um, what a fucking night. It'll be, like, definitely one to remember. Like, I'll never forget the fact that we saw two heavy hitters in one night. Like, hey, hey. Pretty awesome. Four heavy hitters, because they had two openers. That's right. That's right. We can't. Five heavy hitters, because I was there. Ricky Velez and Seaton Smith? Seaton Smith. Yeah. Um, great. Well, thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed this kind of different episode for Intoxicated, but um, we thought it'd be fun to do uh, and to document this trip and um, give you some content because otherwise you wouldn't get me. Because <laughs> I don't have a backlog. So you don't need to know that, but it's the end of the episode. At this point, it's probably a two-hour episode. Um, so you're a trooper if you made it through this. Um, Clifton, where can people follow you? Uh, you can follow me on social media at Clifton Cremo. Um, Instagram is my main, my main bitch. Uh, I don't really use Twitter, but if you want like a once every three, three months thought, maybe, maybe you could follow me there. Who knows? 
follow Clifton, stay up to date on what he's doing, because he's very funny, and going all the places. Um, and maybe next time you see him, he'll be opening for Whitney Cummings. Ooh. 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 All right. Good time to end the episode. Close up the show. Goodbye, everybody. Hopefully not forever. <laughs> <laughs> for listening to the intoxicated podcast if you enjoyed this week's episode make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast app you use and leave a rating or review on apple podcasts you can also give us a follow on facebook and instagram at intoxicated podcast and check out our video episodes on the intoxicated youtube channel until next week feel hard and talk hard Intoxicated Podcast is hosted and produced by Sarah McClellan, co-produced by Sarah Nicole, and brought to you by The Messiness of Life. Everybody's depressed. Next subject.